Welcome to the School of the Forest podcast, episode 15. Welcome to the School of the Forest podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Russell. This podcast aims to educate you about outdoor living skills, give you a first-person approach to wilderness ecology, and provide you with a glimpse into the different methods people are using for sustainable living. To find out more about our programs, please visit schoolofforest.com. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Uh, I am actually jumping back on the horse here with recording these consistently, it seems. Um, we put one out last week, and now we're going to put out uh, another one here. So, you know, it went from having three months in between recording to uh, just a week. So somewhere in the middle ground there, it seems like it's okay. I'm here today with a, a really good friend of mine, Andy Hartman. Um, he was a student up at Jack Mountain Bushcraft School when I was just a wee pup of an instructor. Um, and we've kind of we've kind of remained friends since and worked together a few times. And we're going to talk about uh, his new organization, New Treks, out in Colorado today. How are you doing? Good, good. How you doing, Chris? Oh, you know, good, good, good. Um, oh, yeah. So we should talk a little bit about uh, about your background. How did you get into all this stuff? And how did, uh, in your words, how did how did we uh, become the like frenemies that we are now? <laughs> <laughs> friend of me. Oh, I love that. The frenemies, the loving frenemies. Um, yeah, exactly. no, so, <laughs> well, I started, I guess I didn't grow up in the outdoors. So I understand I grew up in New Jersey where it was kind of more um, urban environments, um, New Jersey, Connecticut. So I didn't really experience the outdoors until my later twenties. I got the first taste the first of, taste I would call camping while I was in the military. And, you know, we had to go to the field and sleep outside. That's only camping to a degree. Uh, you're forced to do it. So it wasn't as fun. Um, when I got started in the outdoors, I was in school trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I had a friend who mentioned a um, like outdoor education degree at a community college in Massachusetts. Uh, so I went to check it out, started doing that, and I fell in love. Uh, I got certified in a bunch of the stuff, uh, rock climbing, whitewater canoeing, uh, backpacking, a few other things. Got all that experience and just hit the ground running in the outdoors and guided seasonally for a couple of years. And then I met you a few years after at Jack Mountain and did a semester with you. And that got me more involved into the actual bushcraft survival stuff. And um, yeah, that made me fall more deep in love with the outdoors. Uh, then as I was guiding uh, seasonally, I decided I needed to stick to one place. I guided in Colorado a few times and loved it here. I happened to get a job with a expeditionary learning school as their adventure coordinator and decided I love teaching kids. I've worked with youth for summer programs and adults doing other guiding uh, services. And I felt like my fit was working with youth and actually teaching them the skills and abilities to function in the outdoors. Um, so that's how I ended up where I am at now with trying to teach education in the outdoors. So talk to, talk to me a little bit about, um, about new tracks. What is, what was like the, the sort of uh, the premise behind, you know, you talked about wanting to like educate kids, but what, what specifically uh, does Nutrex teach them? Um, yeah. So while I was working at this school, it was a, it is a um, charter school. So it is a public school, but yet parents still have to pay an enrollment fee. And most schools that do have adventure programming, outdoor education, um, are private schools or schools that do require such a fee. And as I left the school due to COVID and moved to New Hampshire to work for a nonprofit, 
as like adventure therapy and other guide. Um, I was thinking I always wanted to come back to Colorado and start my own thing and things were in progress of that. Uh, but I noticed the need that, hey, there are kids in Denver in schools in Denver, Colorado, who have never been to the mountains. They are within an hour driving distance. You can see the mountains from the city. They have not even been to the mountains or the foothills on a hike because they're city kids. And yet they're in a great state, a great place to experience the outdoors. And most of the problem is, A, they don't understand that they can go do it or know how to do it. And B, their parents might not have the means to get them out there and also the knowledge. So Nutrex is um, an idea that I was thinking, hey, I want to teach not only the students at schools, but also their parents, get their parents involved so they can also help facilitate their, their youth's growth in the outdoors. So it's not just, hey, have your kids come to school, they learn their skills there, but once they're home, they never use it or they forget it after that year. I want their parents to also be involved to be like, hey, have a weekend family adventure. And you guys have learned the basic skills you need to go do that. Yeah, programs like that are are awesome. Um, you know, we ran a family, a couple family weeks here in Vermont over the summer, and it was super rewarding. But there's something interesting about what you were saying about these kids or anybody really that lives in these sort of uh, stereotypically like outdoor tourism places and don't have any experience with that place that they're in. You know, um, the Jack Mountain School up in northern Maine is not a city. Like it's it's a very it's in a very very remote place, but the youth that grow up there um, are—they are backed up to the North Main Woods, this huge, huge stretch of, uh, you know, untouched land, and they, just by the nature of the modern world, have like zero understanding of the actual ecology in it and what is all the things that are possible to do there. And it's it's a super rewarding thing to take people uh, and have them, young people in particular, and have them learn about. Um, the ecosystem that's just, you know, just like a few steps away from it. that's a that's a really interesting thing here that you're doing. Exactly. Awesome. I think the uh, I had a friend tell me one time that he took uh, city kids out into you know the mountains and the woods, and they saw a squirrel for the first time, and they asked, "Is that a forest rat?" So they didn't even know what a squirrel was because they're just stuck in the city life. I mean, they're not wrong. It is basically <laughs> a forest. Especially those red squirrels. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Every every yeah, it's it is a pretty you know we talk all the time about the the red squirrels being like the car the creature that has the most personality in the <laughs> woods of New England, and they never they never let us down with proving that like within minutes of us saying that they're just screeching. At everybody. Um, so you started this pretty much right as a global pandemic hit. Um, and how is that affecting? how the program is shaping up you guys just uh, kind of barreling through it or yeah right now um i was lucky i was working in new hampshire for beckett academy um in the outdoors similar job and i happened to run into the owner president of that company who heard me out for my nonprofit idea and he is generous enough to help fund me and start me up for my first year and hopefully get things rolling um, so right now we are currently barreling through. Yes, we are holding strong, um, trying to make the connections we need with various schools. And we're working with schools K through 12 uh, just to get the experience out there to as many people as we can. 
and we're also reaching out to family service, youth and family services out here in Colorado. Um, there is a large population here in Denver itself. They're in like one school district, there's 150 schools and that's just a small part um, of Denver. So there are unlimited resources out here for us to reach out to and try to make connections with. Um, I think the biggest hurdle is, yes, COVID. So we, like I started this idea, New Treks has started January this year, 2021. Uh, but the idea concept of it has been around in my head for a year or two now before that. Um, but yes, the biggest issue is COVID and the uncertainties that schools are having, to, the rules that they have to follow um, due to COVID and the different variants that are coming out, like the Delta variant and stuff. So schools are a little bit hesitant to sign contracts and make programs because if they don't know what the future holds. Um, but I mean, in my opinion, being in the outdoors is the safest place rather than being stuck in a classroom. Um, so hopefully schools can see that and they do see the need and necessity to get their kids, their students to socialize and get back into the outdoors. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's, you know, we saw a big uptick in interest in stuff right when COVID hit. And then now once things kind of, uh, once things kind of calmed down a little bit, there was a lapse in that. But now as everything's ramping up, we're starting to see the same thing where there's, like you say, there's more and more interest in like, because no, I don't think anybody wants to spend another another winter not seeing anybody. And if the option for that is being outdoors, you got to learn you got to learn how to be outdoors comfortably. Um, right. and, and because otherwise, you're just kind of just like putting up with the cold or the heat as long as you can. To you know, I mean, and even even going so far as like to 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 be able to like see your family and friends requires you to know a little bit about the outdoors once once you can't be stuck inside with people. Exactly. And that's why yeah. I want to work with parents because if they take their kids out in the outdoors, especially in the wintertime or in like harsh conditions and they don't know what they're doing, they're going to leave a bad impression on their you on their children about the outdoors. So you want to make the Absolutely. outdoors as enjoyable as possible for their first couple of experiences. So they gain that interest and that love and passion for the outdoors. So what uh, you've mentioned a couple of th like a family weekend and stuff like that. What like specific programs are you guys running? Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, with schools and youth services, uh, we are we have options that we have talked about. One is definitely elective courses. So there are schools that have shown interest in us actually coming in and teaching some of their elective uh, courses that they have in school. So we have that. We do have like after school programming that we can offer. We do offer full day programming for both weekdays and weekends. Um, and then we're also trying to work with families and hold family weekend day opportunities. Um, so whether or not families sign up individually or there's like multiple families who want to sign up together. Uh, but we are trying to keep currently group sizes to 12 is due to COVID and due to our guide and student ratios. So we want to keep that to a 12 max for now. Uh, just so we can keep things under control and as safe as possible. Sure. So what what kind of what kind of stuff are people doing on these programs? Uh, so our options currently are we have like three main buckets if you want to think of it that way: rock climbing. We have paddle sports, which is going to consist of canoeing and kayaking. Do you call them buckets? Buckets. Three buckets. We got three, three bucket, buckets. We got the buckets of programs for you. Fill with knowledge. Buckets to fill with knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, uh, one is rock climbing, 
One is paddling, which is consisting of canoeing and kayaking. And the last one is like a backpacking camp craft. And each one of them, it's not just, hey, let's go out and do the activity. You're actually spending time learning the basics, the foundations of the skills that you need, but you're also learning how to be healthy. You're learning nutrition because especially in the backpacking portion, we're teaching how to make proper meal planning, hydration needs. Um, We're also teaching how to route plan, read maps, navigation, um, how to read water features. So it's not just, hey, let's go do the activity and that's a day of fun and that's it. It's actually building the skills needed to continue so you can do it on your own in the future. That's awesome. I mean, that you you taught with the backpacking one in particular with like meals and water and right. stuff like that. That's to me, that's often the biggest hurdle I see with other with people that want to go out in the outdoors is the the idea of doing it for more than a day is like petrifying because exactly you, you don't know how to prep in that. That's and awesome. if, yeah, and then if people want to spend a ton of money to get those dehydrated meals, that's Which just are awful. What are awful. They're not good for you. And yeah. So if you learn how to properly meal plan and prep and get things going, it's great. So that's also part of the curriculum that I have developed. Um, And also with them, they are more advanced. um, I'd say levels. So if we go into high school uh, classes and they are showing the ability that they can do more with paddling, we do have a class one ish um, river that we can paddle on. So I can teach, uh, high schoolers how to whitewater paddle um, in an easier stream. And then for backpacking, I do have a land nav course. I have a friend who's a director at a camp nearby, and he's let us make an actual land navigation course on their property. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so it's not just, hey, this is, I mean, in the backpacking course, you're going to learn how to read a trail map. And that's simple enough, just a pure trail map. So you can do easy hikes and know where you're going. But for an actual land navigation using a compass, a map, and creating a route and getting points, uh, we have developed that as well for the high schoolers. Awesome. So is high school kind of like the end the end of the age group for you? What, what's the age range for, for these programs with people? Uh, currently, yeah, we're working with uh, K through 12 schools and reaching out to them. And that's what I worked at here uh, in Colorado at the school I used to work at was K through 12. Um, so it's just... The programming is going to be very similar. It's just the difficulty of it will change. Um, but honestly, the younger you can get the youth involved in the outdoors, the easier it'll stick. Yeah, it'll no become kidding. Part of their life. That is, yeah, a hundred percent. It's you know, like I said, we had those family weeks here, and the I think I think the oldest kid that was out here was maybe like seven, and it okay. was it was it was awesome. Well, that's not true. We had one that was like. 15 <laughs> Um, I kind of, I met him when he was very, very young years ago on okay. earlier family week. So in my head, he's still like tiny, but <laughs> he's actually like taller than I am and could probably bench press me now. Um, but in my head, he's still seven. A lot of people anyway, probably could bench press him though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. A lot of people could probably bench press me. I'm, I'm, I'm scrawny and wily. That's all I got. Um, so with, uh, you know, these are all like educational programs, uh, but you know, on when when I was looking at your website and all the other stuff you guys are doing, you have uh, like expeditions and stuff as well. Do you guys have big big expedition stuff in the works, or is that kind of wait until things get rolling? Well, hopefully, yeah, wait until things get rolling for sure, uh, because we want to build it as hey, you have completed 
our curriculum courses. And then, hey, the reward is now you're able to go on the expedition. Um, awesome. So currently, we, yeah, currently we have three expeditions in the works. And depending on when we get programming started and how COVID works, um, we'll be able to run them. But there are uh, two of them are backpacking. One of them is a canoe expedition. So we have one canoe down in um, Florida, which is like a, you know, not, not too long, like a, not even a 10 day canoe trip, which would be great. Um, that's through Beckett Academy. They have resources out there for us to go and work with them. They used to actually run this trip and then they kind of got away from it. So it's something that they want to get started again and we are able to help work with them. Um, another one, the other two are kind of my backpacking idea babies. One is in the Ruby Mountains of Nevada. Uh, it's a 10 day backpacking trip in the mountains of Nevada, which is a wilderness area that is untouched. Not many people know about it. It's not a very high traffic place, but it's beautiful. And the other one is a two week backpacking trip in Iceland. So it's wow, an international trip that we're hoping to get youth out there. And yeah, it's going to be great. Beautiful views. Another, you're going to be international traveling, uh, experiencing a whole new environment for these uh, youth. And they're going to love it. Yeah, what's the what's the age range on that? I imagine you're not taking kindergartners to Iceland. Yeah, right. Um, so yeah, most of these trips are gonna be for middle school to high school. Um I right now, currently the Iceland trip is for middle schoolers, the canoeing trip is for high schoolers, and the backpacking trip's a mix. And um I do want to develop a high school Iceland backpacking trip on a harder trail. Um so those things are definitely in the works and it depends on the ability level of the students as well. Sure. Those, those uh, like where you said the, one of them is kind of like a, a mashup of the age ranges. Those are, those are so good for kids where they get to like interact with people that are older than them. Um, and then the older students get to interact with younger people and like learn how to set an example for it's awesome. exactly. stuff like that. So Creating good. a mentorship is definitely part of the strategy. Oh, that's awesome. So good. That's, that's, yeah. So tell me a little bit about, uh, about how people can get, how people, you guys should know that every time I start talking, Andy starts dancing on, we're recording this over zoom. And, uh, and this is, this is indicative of Andy and I's entire relationship for the last, I don't know, four years now is that whenever I'm trying to speak, Andy is dancing, um, which is just, just how it goes. Can't prove um, it. <laughs> uh, you're right. I can't prove it unless I release this as a video podcast, which you're in luck because I have no idea how to do that. Well, that <laughs> happen. Um, but anyway, so if people wanted to get in touch with you and find out more about the program, how would they go about doing that? Uh, yeah, definitely. You could check out our website at newtrex, that's N-E-W-T-R-E-K-S.com. And you can email me directly at andy at newtrex.com. Um, and like I said, we are working with to the Boys and Girls Club, and various organizations that do similar things that we do that want to use us to help facilitate their programming. And we are very much uh, open to creating different types of programming depending on the organization's needs. Uh, we are very flexible as long as it stays within our insurance and our guidelines, we're good to go. Awesome. Do you have, yeah. so you mentioned kind of uh the expeditions you have going, do you have like other big ideas that you would want to do? Um, you know, Iceland is a pretty big, big thing That's as well, <laughs> but do you have like, do you have other 
like let's say five years down the road, everything's going great. Where do you want? Where do you? Where do you want to be taking kids, and what do you want to be doing? Um, if you want to go five years down the road, within the next couple of years, I definitely want to do. I have a circuit of national parks, and an idea. So I have like three loops, you can say, that are like two week loops, um, up in the northwest on the west coast, and then around here in Colorado for various age groups. But yeah, so they'd be able to hit up six or seven national parks in a two week trip. Um, and that would be awesome. Um, more stuff I want to reach out to is going to be like South America, um, different programming like that, as far as more backpacking trips. Um, I did have a pack rafting trip that I was working on for South America. Um, I was working on about a year ago, but then COVID also shut that idea down. Um, so I'll probably start reworking that, but that'll be a high school trip where we can carry our, you know, our rafts up and then raft down a nice river somewhere in South America. Very cool. That sounds awesome. Cool. Well, I always, we're kind of coming up on the half hour mark or so here. And I always like to wrap these up with uh, asking people about like one experience that they've had in the outdoors that, you know, you talked about not growing up outdoorsy. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, having, having like yourself, having yourself kind of have this awakening that you wanted to work in the outdoors. And I, I, I'm curious if there was like specific things that you, you experienced that made that start to happen. Um, I think the biggest experience, like the most thrilling experience I had was when I was going to school for the um, adventure education, we were on a backpacking trip and it was in the winter and we hiked on top of this mountain and this is up in the northeast i think this was in the adirondacks and yeah we get to the top of this mountain and it's snow covered and we just look up and i just it's just peaceful quiet everything's snow covered and i'm just thinking to myself like this could be my life this is what i want i just want these views these experiences um and then same thing when i hiked mount washington in the winter that was just beautiful getting up there and it's just like the, the environment is just beating you up yet you're pushing through and type two fun is what I love um and I found that out and it's just something that motivated me to want to stay in this and also since I got started in it later in life I want to be able to provide it to youth at a younger time so hey they can start younger they can get in this job field and maybe they learn that there is possibility to work in the outdoor industry and have a life with it a lot of people I meet don't even know that what I'm doing or what you're doing is an actual job. <laughs> so yeah. think it's like a dream job, but it's a lot of work. Um, but it's definitely something that needs to be out there more. I do recall one negative experience that I had. So does that experience involve jelly beans? Because I have, I have a memory of us, uh, an experience we had together involving jelly beans and guiding that uh, I was thinking about telling that little story. So let me jump in on that and then we'll, uh, then we'll let you talk about your negative things. So Andy and I worked together guiding at uh, a ski mountain here in New England. And um, we were guiding uh, snowshoe hikes um, in uh, on the ski mountain. And we had a group come that was like 85% young fit people. And then these two, this couple that had, they had just both retired. They had never been out of, I think like Long Island. They had never been out of Long Island before in their lives. And so that was like their retirement thing is they wanted to come up here and they had, they had a blast, but they just weren't super active people in their daily lives. And we're just really struggling with this hike that we were doing. Um, and so the whole time we're kind of 
trying to keep keep them up with everybody and stuff and then and super pleasant people to be around and then we get back to the uh the nordic center that we were guiding out of and uh this woman flops down on the bench and just goes baby i need my jelly beans and he pulls a bag of melted jelly beans out of his coat pocket and hands it to her and she takes a bite out of it like it's an apple and then proceeds to ask me if i want any um and it was it was just this it was a really weird experience but it also it kind of talks it kind of speaks to what we're talking about here which is you know if you don't start learning this stuff early like the or you don't have no idea at all what to do you you potentially bring jelly beans as like your recovery <laughs> food for a hike and if i can if i can accomplish anything as an outdoor educator i want to accomplish people not having to bring jelly beans as their recovery food like that's 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 the baseline for me um, it was also, impressive that it all melted into one pile. It looked like it looked like a popcorn ball made out of jelly beans. It was awful. Um, and then and then and then you and I went inside to like uh, I think like wrap up all the paperwork and stuff like that, and uh, just hear screaming from outside. And we run out, and this woman had never lit a s'more before, and so she got a, an on fire marshmallow on a stick and is just wildly swinging it around the campfire. <laughs> And in my brain, I'm just thinking about like how bad sugar burns are and like trying to like manage. Uh, but I was like, it's going to fly into someone's eyes. It's definitely, it's definitely. <laughs> and the way life works, it's going to be my eye. Like there's no <laughs> way, there's no way it would go anything any other way. Right. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so yeah, well, thanks very much for coming on, Andy. And if uh, if you guys want to get in touch with Andy, you can find him at all the links that we'll put in the show notes here. Um, and yeah, you got anything else to add before we wrap up? Um, no, definitely uh, let us know if you have any questions. You can also add us on Facebook and Instagram, and that's just New Treks. Also, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, we'll link to all yeah. that in the show notes. So you guys awesome. will be able to find that really. Yeah, thanks for having me, Christopher. Awesome. Thanks for coming on, Andy, and thank you you guys for listening. (laughs) I love you too, buddy. Um, And we will uh, we'll see you guys on the flip side. Take it easy. Bye. You've been listening to the School of Forest podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, I hope you share it with a few friends. If you did like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other of the major podcast hosting platforms. And lastly, if you'd like to learn more about School of the Forest programs, please check us out at schooloftheforest.com and get in touch with us at any of the contact information you'll find on that site. Thanks.